Hey fuckers, it's Christina and Corinne. You are about to listen to a clip from our podcast, Guys We Fucked. And this week we have on the incredible therapist Guy Winch. You want to hear the entire interview and more from us and other minds like Michael Rappaport, Roxanne Gay, Lena Dunham, Trevor Noah. Head on over to luminarypodcast.com today. Heartbreak is so, heartbreak is the worst feeling a person can endure, I think. Um, because Corinne has this joke that we've referenced before because we're both stand-up comedians where when, when a relative dies, uh, you know, it's a really tough, it's a terrible loss, but it's permanent and the healing process can kind of begin right away. But when you get heartbroken, there's, there's all these what-ifs that you cling to like it's your last breath. And it's, it's, it's wild how heartache brings out the the crazy side in the most sane people, as you've said before in your talks and in your books. Um, and I'm curious, uh, a lot of, like I've experienced childhood trauma and I didn't understand that I did until a couple of years ago. And it's, it's a very jarring realization. <clears throat> you think you have this great childhood and then you look back and you're like, wait, that was really fucked up. And when I get heartbroken, that re-triggers all of that. But I've, I've seen people like Corinne has never experienced childhood trauma and like the, a heartbreak was the impetus of this podcast. And I saw uh, my comedy partner, Corinne, uh, her tongue turned gray. It seemed like she lost 20 pounds in two weeks. Like it was just such a drastic change. Um, is there any link between trauma and, and your reaction to heartbreak? Because from what I've seen, there's not, but I'm curious what your um, opinion is from a psychologist's point of view. So look, I'll, I'll answer it this way. If you think about the life experiences we can go through and let's include all kinds of grief experiences in that, and maybe even trauma experiences in that. In the immediate aftermath of trauma or grief, people will get, let's say, very depressed. They might get paralyzed. They might literally stop functioning. With heartbreak, people go crazy. There is nothing, nothing, there is no other life experience we can have that will take a sane, and I use that word in quotation marks, not mm. legally, um, a sane, <laughs> normative person and overnight change them into someone who is behaving, not just thinking and feeling, but behaving absolutely what we would consider crazy. And it, that's what I find so profound about heartbreak, that it's the only experience that can truly do that. I've worked with people who were ridiculously wealthy, who offered hundreds of millions of dollars to the person who broke their heart, truly, and it was a sincere offer, just so they can have a conversation mm. with them. What? Yes. I would I've have done that with... if I had more money. I can still totally <laughs> see doing that. Can you I, see? I, yeah. It's well, funny that you bring that up because I did, I mean, it was more like sexual, but I, there was a person who I did offer several hundred dollars with, like just to have sex with them, but it wasn't from like a sex work. It was an ex and it, and it was more like just to get them in the room. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, I have so many questions there, but I'm going to stop. You can ask us. So what do you mean to get them in the room? Here. What? What? What does that mean to get them in the room? You know, for the, so I could have the, like a, a conversation um, like of, clo of closure or just to you kind of like smell them again, to feel them again. It's not like I needed to have yes. sex. It's yes. that. Yes. It's yes, the exactly. addict thing. For yeah. a conversation, right? This is for a conversation. I've seen uh, people 
fly across the Atlantic to quote unquote surprise, and maybe I shouldn't put quotations around surprise because trust me, it was a surprise. <laughs> the surprise <laughs> the person kind. who broke their heart, um, who they knew where they were going to be on holiday with their family because they thought that if they just did this and brought their favorite that, that maybe people <gasps> do crazy oh my God. shit. And, yeah. it, and, and we literally go off the rails and, and, and there is no, there's nothing like it. There's nothing else. Yeah, and make us behave this way, and so yes, it's an extraordinarily intense, difficult, painful experience. And as I said in in my book, How to Fix a Broken Heart, one which is absolutely unsanctioned in terms of society. No one goes to their boss and says, "My my girlfriend dumped me. I need the day off." It'll be like maybe you're not promotion material. So there's there's this there's this real societal Mm. marginalization of how profound the pain is and how severe the impact is. And, and that's the, the mix. That's something that makes us go so crazy. That's so universal that we experience at any age. And that is so ridiculously difficult. There is just wow. not support for in society. Wow. That is a really good point. Jeez. We've done this for seven years and you think of I've heard, I thought, I feel like I've heard it all, but that's a really good stance on that. People are so ashamed about their heartache because it makes them act so out of character. I wish we, yeah, we got to fucking normalize that more. What's well, and also the, you do feel like you have to lie about it because I remember the breakup. Feel pathetic. That, that was the impetus for this show. Obviously I couldn't go into work that day, but I didn't call out heartbroken. I called out like period cramps or something. Yep. Which to me, you know, I, I've worked through, I've gone to work with terrible period cramps hundreds of times. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm just bleeding right through my pants. You know? <laughs> but, but but, yeah. but I mean, when I was heartbroken, I mean, I, I worked in a spa at the, the, the first time I was uh, severely heartbroken, the worst of them. And I had to bring clients down this dark hallway and I had to cry so often that I remember that dark hallway was such a gift because I could cry mm -hmm. for, you know, 30 seconds while I brought them to get their robe and their slippers and then, you know, wipe away the tears and it was dark enough that they couldn't see, give it to them and then go back to the front desk. So it was like, it was, that's how frequently I needed to go through the grieving process. And that lasted for like, I mean, that was like six months, a year of that. Going yeah. Mm -hmm. how, how long, how long does heartache last or how is it, is, what's a, a amount of time that makes sense? And is, is there amount of time where you would be like, okay, you need, we need to do something different here. You know, that is a question I get asked very frequently, most often by people who are heartbroken, who, who I have sessions with. I do sessions with people from all over the world who are, who are heartbroken oh. and, and what they want to know is like, is this normal, this amount of time? And, and here's the basic answer to it. It depends on numerous factors, but it depends obviously on the, on the length and the quality of the relationship, but it truly depends on what that represented. So for someone, for example, who's had such trouble finding dates and just never meet someone, and they're just almost practically given up on finding love, and then they go on three or four dates and the dates are great, and they have over those three or four dates developed such hope that, you know, like, Etta James is singing at last in their head all the time. And, and, and they've told everyone, okay, this is it, this is it, because you know when it's it and I know. And they've built such expectations. And when that goes south, oh. that can devastate them for many, many, many months. And so there's, it's not the correlation between how long the relationship is or how intense it is. It's truly about A, what it represented for you. 
-hmm. and B, what's the context of your life? Um, right. And for some people, the confluence of those kinds of factors can make something last a long time. But that said, our want, our basic instinct, the, um, the, the tide that pulls us is to usually do all the wrong things. And so that yeah. often will extend it because we are indulging. Um, and We're I say indulging because it, I shouldn't say indulging rather because we don't know that we are. Um, but we are allowing ourselves to do everything wrong that's going to keep the pain alive, that's going to keep the hurt going, that's going to keep us from recovering. And we don't realize that's what we're doing. We think we're responding to instincts or we have all these rationalizations for it. But in fact, we are doing every wrong thing we possibly could. Is there a, you know, a lot of times uh, human behavior is linked to original survival instincts. Mm -hmm. Like, um, you know, a, a man would be sexually attracted to a woman with large breasts because deep, deep, deep down, she could feed the baby the best, you know, that kind of stuff. Is mm -hmm. there a survival part of heartache at all? Uh, yes, but not in the way you expect. Um, in this way, when, when you touch a hot stove as a kid and it hurts, your mind's job is to prevent you from touching it again. So what, you're, what we evolved to do is to avoid danger, to avoid threat to ourselves and pain, physical or emotionally, is threat. And so what, I'm, what we evolved to do is that when we feel a threat, when we feel pain, our mind will try and convince us to avoid doing the thing that caused the pain mm. in the first place. And the way it does that is by reminding us how painful it is. Because if we forget, we might indulge in the hot stove again by touching the hot stove. So it keeps reminding us, oh, remember that stove was really hot, that stove was really hot. When it comes to heartbreak, what it does is our mind's job is to remind us that that was very painful. Mm. And so it will do things that will generate a lot of pain so that oh. we don't make that mistake again. But by doing so, it's really delaying our recovery, which again, from a mind's perspective, is great job. The longer I lay the recovery, I delay the recovery, the longer I can get them to feel really painful, the, you know, the least likely they are to go and do this stupid thing called love again. Um, of course, that's complete, uh, you know, in, in contrary to what our goals are in that moment, because <laughs> our goals are to move past it, not stay with yeah. it. But yeah, mm -hmm. so there's this, there is a, you know, some connection to this evolutionary psychology uh, in that sense. Hey, fuckers, I hope you enjoyed our interview with Guy Winch. That was just a tiny portion of our conversation. If you want to hear the whole thing and more of Guys We Fucked, head on over to luminarypodcast.com where you can get a subscription for as low as $2.99 goddamn cents a month. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at betterhelp.com. That's betterhelp.com.